Hello and welcome to the bus stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I am Kurt Mackison, Executive Director, and in the NSTA Membership Minute, uh, we just want to advise that every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, moving forward, we're going to have a an NSTA town hall meeting where we'll just have a brief report from uh, the field from NSTA, and then we'll open it up for contractors to tell us what they're experiencing um, out when they're engaging with their school districts and state departments of education. And then finally, we'll have a, a significant period of time where we will go into questions and hopefully supply some answers. So it is really an opportunity for folks to share information and get uh, uh, their questions answered uh, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time and the membership notifications are being sent around through um, our constant contact portal. So we hope that you'll join us. Um, and it's my pleasure now to introduce John Benish. He is, of course, the president and CEO of Cook, Illinois, also serving as president of NSTA. So John, welcome to the bus stop. Well, thanks for having me, Kurt, I appreciate it. No, it's our pleasure. Listen, we had you on last year, um, and that seems like an eternity ago, but, you know, when you were on the podcast last year and then moving forward to this year, you know, tell us, you know, what's going on? How are things at Cook, Illinois? What are the things that you're, you know, you're doing? Um, sure. Well, it started out, you know, pretty much like a, a normal school year. Um, and quickly looking back, it's that you know, this year, again, we had the driver shortage, the severe driver shortage, almost right up to uh, when the uh, pandemic began in uh, the first or second week of March, depending on what state you're at. So things obviously have changed a total 180. Um, you know, you heard about it going across the globe and moving into other countries. And then, you know, we talked about it a little bit in February at our managers meetings. And then you know, slowly but surely, we did talk about that the most likely the schools were closed. And then all of a sudden, you're in this position now, um, when to what is today, the 28th of April, and schools have been closed now for, you know, some schools over five weeks, six weeks. Um, and then where we stand today in Illinois, um, you know, the schools are closed. Uh, the governor called the school year, um, like most governors did, uh, I think Indiana and Michigan were a couple, three weeks ago, and we kept the announcement uh, last week. So we are officially out of school for the rest of the school year, for the 2019-2020 school year. Um, so it's it's totally different. Um, you know, we began the first couple weeks paying our drivers some some of their guaranteed hours, trying to, you know, keep them interested and, and try to make them as whole as you're possible because I know a lot of contractors around the country are trying to do whatever's best for the people they work for and work with. Um, and we thought this maybe be three to six weeks. And obviously it's going to be a lot longer to the end of the school year and hopefully resulting in uh, ending sometime soon and us getting back in the buses and beginning to do some summer school as well as the fall. So it's been, you know, it's very difficult just trying to go through this whole process. Obviously, uh, we feel bad about the employees across the country not working, um, as well as all the other people that are out there trying to take care of this pandemic. Um, and there's no playbook for this one. It's just every day and every week we have to make different kind of decisions and trying to do what's best for everybody. Um, but it looks like this is obviously going to go a lot longer than we thought. Yeah. And ha having said that, um, 
and you're so right, there is no playbook for this thing, but tell us some of the things that you and your team at Cook Illinois are focused on, you know, because there are a lot of things that are, that are quite different from, you know, this time, say last year to, to moving ahead to this year, like you're probably not doing much of the same, uh, you know, many of the same things you were doing last year, this year. Of course. Well, especially this time of year is when you're so heavy into the spring sports, um, you know, the track meets, the tennis matches, the, the, uh, all the baseball games and things like that. So this is a very, very normally hectic time of year for the, the school bus industry. Um, and right now, like I said, we've been worried about how to take care of our employees that are out there. We had a furlough, most of them as of today. You know, how is that going to work with uh, unemployment? How can we assist our employees and making sure that they're squeezing every dollar out of what that what programs that are out there, um, you know, we're coming up to the realization that many of our employees, if you know, they're going to be out at least two to three, they might not be in a bus for another five months. So, another thing we've been working on is trying to get uh, some type of communication with uh, with our employees. So we are calling them. We do uh, do group group texts. Um, we're trying to get as much personalization as we can. You know, it's difficult having an office that's pretty much empty and to have all these employees out. Um, so we want to make sure they're taken care of, see whatever we can possibly do from a far reach. Uh, and then, you know, we're starting to carve out what's the ideas, what's what's this school year going to look like. Um, and then the difficult part also is trying to make sure they keep up with their licensing, their physicals, uh, their driving training, their ongoing training. So when the students do go back to school, um, they're going to be able to jump back in the bus and we can, you know, start the school year. So there's a lot of different things going on and we're not really sure how to do it and when to do it. But, um, and again, it changes every day. So we're just trying to do what's best for the employees. Yeah. And, um, you know, you mentioned about, you know, keeping the drivers and maintaining the their eligibility to drive, you know, buses. And that is even more challenging in this environment when, you know, a lot of the MVCs and DMVs are not considered non-essential. And so really they've shut down. So the idea that uh, unless, you know, you're able to maintain that workforce, you're not going to have new drivers just be able to come on and uh, get behind the wheel of a bus, you know, at a drop of a hat and begin transporting kids to and from school. Of course. In fact, we're, you know, there could be, we figure there's going to be quite a bit of people that are going to be, um, kind of uh, worried about getting in front of a lot of people again. Um, some of our employees might not want to get returned back to driving just due to the exposure to uh, children. Um, you know, the world is going to change and it already has changed quite a bit. And there's going to be things that are going to come up that we're just not prepared for. So the, you know, keeping their licenses, keeping in touch. And the nice thing for the school bus business is that, um, you know, we feel the children are going to be returning back to school quicker than people think. Um, you know, it is the safest and best environment for children to go to and from school. And we just, like I said, we just want to be ready when they're ready to go back to school that we were, you know, not only with the buses, but we have everybody, you know, properly trained and get all the credentials back up, back in order. So they're ready to drive. Yeah. And that's so important. And you did mention it, John, but, um, what is the state of the school system in Illinois? I know you mentioned that it's close for the year. You know, has the governor um, or legislature contemplated a return to school at this point? Uh, no, not as yet. Um, 
they are just starting this actually this week starting to talk about school uh possibly doing some possible summer school um and some day camps and things like that they have not put a hard date yet for the return to school or what the upcoming school year is going to look like yet and i think one of the challenges at least from a national um organizational standpoint is uh, that you, you know, find out that the, we have really 50 separate um, educational systems that are out there, whether it's you know from the funding aspect or you know from the in the classroom um, you know requirements. There are really 15 different, completely different schemes out there, which you know we we found to be a bit challenging, especially when we're talking a lot of funding issues. But um, so so when it comes to Illinois. When do you return to school normally? Uh, normally, it's, it's actually the last couple of years has come earlier and earlier. Uh, we normally would start after Labor Day, and now most of our schools are in the start somewhere in the second week of August. So it does come earlier. You know, there has been some talk about um, because the missing days from this school year is possibly starting earlier this coming school year. So that's uh, as of today, it's just talk. Um, and again, there's no hard date yet. So, John, you mentioned, you know, return to school plan and, and what that looks like. And I guess there are a whole host of issues that um, are associated with that as we think of the new COVID-19 environment and, and things like social distancing, split schedules, staggered start times. You know, it, are, are these concepts being discussed, one? And two, you know, how do these things impact student transportation? Well, we were just talking about that today, about coming up with some possible shield between, for instance, the driver and the students getting on the bus. Um, and also, you know, the split schedule, what the driver is going to be required to, to wear, uh, what are the, the students, what are the students going to be required to have on. Um, and yeah, of course, we're talking about, you know, schools are talking about splitting up some different scheduling. You know, a bus, a normal uh, average bus at, at full size, you know, usually transports 40 something students. So how is that going to look? Are we going to do less students uh, on each run to make more runs? That kind of looks how it's going to be. Um, I heard something on the TV last night about students not going to cafeterias, uh, making the classrooms half as big, uh, changing the student schedule, changing the overall schedule at the schools where they're trying to spread everybody out and not have as much interface. So I think a lot of those things are on the table um, and it's good that they're talking about it because uh, it sounds like they wanna get the students back to school as soon as possible. Um, we've heard <clears throat> that it's remote learning or e-learning hasn't um, been as effective as we possibly thought. And so it still seems like these you know, children going to school is, uh, to learn is the best way to, to go about that. Right. And yeah. And to that point about distance learning, um, you see more and more articles being written. And I know there was one in the Wall Street Journal today um, shining a spotlight on you know distance learning and how it really hasn't lived up to, um, you know, it's either potential or capabilities, which either way you want to look at it. But it does at least guide us into the direction of we need to get kids, you know, back to school and learning as soon as possible. No, absolutely. And you can tell, too, especially the smaller students and some of the special education students, they really need to have that classroom teacher uh, combination where 
um, they, you know, they're, they're uh, in, in a group and they, they can learn as a group and they can learn with a teacher. Uh, and some parents have done a really excellent job. I know there's some great stories about, you know, parents helping out. But I know also, too, for parents, especially if they're both working at home, trying to keep their children occupied as well as learning at the same time, uh, it's been quite difficult. Yeah, uh, yeah, very true. And we see that now also as we, you know, are in this virtual reality of going to virtual meetings and, you know, and doing webinars. And I actually had one presenter um, on a webinar that I was on that she was um, at home with her baby and you can hear the baby on the, on the phone call, which was really, really unique. But, uh, you know, she was just trying to manage, you know, like you say, a number of different competing interests. And so it's the new environment is definitely interesting. Um, now, as folks know, in addition to running Cook, Illinois, you're also president of NSTA. Uh, I'm sure listeners would want to hear your perspective um, as president since you're presiding over these unprecedented events. And, and what's that look like, you know, from your perspective? Well, uh, first of all, it's, um, you know, it's not what I, I, I'm sure it's not what any any of us expected, especially me. Um, it's been a great learning experience. I have um, really had uh, some great collaboration with, you know, not only you, Kurt, but, you know, everybody at R.C. Kelly. I think it's been helpful that we've had to step up under the NSTA uh, flag because it's so much needed now, especially with the work that we've done with uh, working with Becky in her office, our lobbyist, and working on those different bills and, and different programs to try to get school buses no matter whether you're a, a contractor or a school-owned fleet, you know how important it is that we we you know get our voice out there as far as taking care of our people, making sure school bus and school bus staffs and school bus drivers are taken care of and have a voice. Um, so I mean it's been very different. Um, I, I I you know it's probably you know a, a learning experience for me, and I hopefully that. We're doing a pretty good job, but I think it's really important that, and it's nice that we have the NSTA right now because I think if we didn't, it would be very difficult for us to flex our voice and get our, our word out there of what we were trying to do. I, and I also do want to thank um, you know NASDIPS and NAPT as well as the American School Bus Council. I think we've done a good job this year. Uh, collaborating on these different subjects, and it's just so needed. And I think we have a lot of work left to do. Um, but I, you know, I thought we've done a, we've done some really good work, and I think we have a lot of good work in the future planned out. No, you're you're right about that. And yeah, outside of disappointment of you know not being able to get some you know proactive things that we were you know trying to accomplish this year done. I, I think you're 100 percent right that the, at least the industry has gotten together and you know formulated a plan and executed that plan and you know we still try to get uh you know contractors continuing pay because it's so you know that issue is just so important and we won't really rest until you know 100 percent of contractors are getting you know paid around the country so you're right about that i, I think in closing you know some of the things that at the you know nsta that we're focused on is you know we're going to be looking at a coronavirus um, 4.0 remedy, um, whatever name that takes. Um, but maybe what are some of the things that you're, you know, focused on? I know you have a heavy uh, emphasis on the American School Bus Council and really promoting 
the yellow school bus. And I don't think that dissipated uh, despite the fact that this COVID-19 health crisis is taking place. Right. So, um, you know, I think what for the future is um, we want to make sure that um, we continue to put the word out there that the yellow bus is the safest, greenest transportation system in the world. Um, you know, we transport over 26 million students. Um, we have got the facts and the uh, the research behind it that it, it it is the best and best and like I said, safest form of transportation for the students. So we we need to do a better job of having people understand how important our system is. Um, it's the largest transit system in the United States with over 480,000, I think, school buses. And we also need to do is also discuss and just let people know how important it is that we also do a lot of special needs students and how important our role is into getting them to and from school. Um, and especially, you know, the, uh, the, the learning disorder students, the homeless students, as well as the day-to-day -day students. And getting, you know, more teens out of cars and back in the yellow buses again, because we know that uh, teen, uh, the number one killer for teenagers is um, riding is in, is in automobile accidents. So um, we have a really good story to tell, and I think we just don't tell it loud enough and often enough. Um, so that's kind of one of the biggest things I've been focused on and probably will be focused on for the rest of this uh, tenure. Well, great, John. It's uh, been a pleasure, you know, working with you through the crisis. We're so glad that you could, you know, join us at the bus stop and give your observations, you know, on the, you know, health crisis and, you know, how that's been impacting the school transportation industry. Um, so for our listeners, once again, John Bennis, he's president, COO of Cook, Illinois, and also president of NSTA. So, John, thanks so much for joining us at the bus stop. Great. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much, Kurt.